1: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls, and if you want to advertise with us, you can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken with me, as always, Cody Westerland. Cody, it's the episode we've all been waiting for. Bold it's like predictions. It's like a holiday for us. We've been teasing it for so long, we're finally coming through. It's one of those, though, that
2: not only for us, but we had to give the uh, listeners time as well to come up with the, the correct amount of spice or seasoning on these, uh, we don't want flaming hot takes,
1: you know what I mean? We don't want the Bulls are to... We don't want
2: lame takes. We don't
1: want the Bulls are going to make the playoffs, because that's just not going to
2: happen. Exactly. We want something in the middle that it could reasonably happen, um, maybe provide some hope, enjoyment, or twisted entertainment in various ways of what we're going to predict here. So, Sean and I, uh, gave it time. We each have five bold predictions. Uh, we will read off and, uh,
0: We'll assess alternate. an
2: array of predictions from readers as well Absolutely. but yes we can start by alternating um, now so I will throw it to you for the first bold prediction um, of the 2017-18 basketball calendar season basically so this doesn't have to end on April 14th or 15th when the Bulls season ends it can end at the end
1: of the NBA calendar year which is like June 30th you can look ahead to next summer today. well that's good because I have it ending in the middle of May when the Bulls get to the Eastern Conference I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding incorrect too hot incorrect, I'm just kidding too, hot, to I'm just kidding. I do too not, hot I do not think the Bulls are going to make the Eastern Conference uh, what do you got number one December 4th when the Cavs come through Dwayne Wade will get a tribute video Woo. You think? He's from Chicago. He did a lot in the community. Pow got a tribute video last year. Pow was here. Even if it was here, like a little two-second thing, he got
2: a tribute video. Okay, you gotta... I need you to lean into this tribute video a little more. Like, I need it to
1: be at least, like, a minute long, then. Yeah, it's gonna be... It's gonna be... It, it might re- recycle the Chance the Rapper song they used for the I, Derek and Joe one. Well, I was gonna say, what, what music will they underlay with it? What's, like, the soundtrack of whatever Gabrielle Union's TV show is? Cause, oh, cause well, that, we'll have to... We'll, we'll have, have to, to look that up. But, that.
2: I thought you were going to say on December fourth, that not only will they play the tribute video, but then the Bulls will go out and beat the Cavs because Fred Hoyberg always beats the Cavs. Well stay
1: tuned. Oh, okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. But so. Dwayne Wade tribute video. Um Pal got one. Kirk Heinrich has gotten two. Who, who, Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. Who has not gotten one? Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau did not get one. Uh Jimmy Butler should get one when he comes. Back.
2: <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would I would I
1: would <laughs> hope Jimmy Butler will get one.
2: Okay. There you have it. I'm just gonna cut to the chase um, the reality, the cold bucket of water on your face, that is the Bulls rebuild. The Bulls are going to start 2-18. and 18. That's a lot of losses. I have them at 2-18. and 18. That's five games in October. There are 15 games in November. They are without Zach Levine, who is their best player, their biggest reason for hope. Lowry Markinen will be a lot better on April 1st than he will be on October 19th when they open the season. Um, a lot of these young players are going to be better at the end of the year than the start of the year. Uh, these guys say all you want about the culture that they have this summer. They need a lot of game action before they figure out what each other does on the floor. And I'm looking at this schedule early, and the only games that I even like see kind of as winnable are Hawks at home. Uh, there's one against the Pacers at home, the Suns at home in late November. And, look, they have other home games too, like against the Hornets, the Heat, the Thunder. Um, the Spurs, in those first 20 games of the season. I don't see them winning those, though. This includes um, the West Coast trip to Phoenix, to L.A., and look, it's not a 6-7 game road trip right. this year, as long with the circus trip being gone and all that stuff. But it's still a four-game trip out west. After that, there's still a game at Denver. Um, they have a road game at the Spurs. They have a road game in Oklahoma City that's not part of that West Coast road trip. So I think you're just going to be slammed with it right away when you look at the standings, you're like, huh. There are the Bulls at the end of November. And that's about the time when Zach Levine might be cleared to return to the floor for game action. We expect him, obviously, uh, before then, to come back for practice and be cleared for contact and practice activities. But by the time he works up to game shape and, like, look... The Bulls gave up forty-four points. They got outscored forty-four to eleven in the fourth quarter against the Mavs in a preseason game. I don't care who's on the floor. Especially that, when they that has
1: two and eighteen potential written all it. Especially they up, you know one night after they gave up forty-six points in the first quarter. Yeah, to we'll, New Orleans,
2: and we'll get to defense soon
1: as well. But uh, two and eighteen, my first bold prediction. What do you got next? Sort of piggybacking on the December fourth Dwayne Wade tribute video, the Bulls will once again go four and zero against the Cavs this season. What? I think they're going to go 4-0 against the Cavs. What? Because they always go 4-0 against the Cavs. I thought you said no hot takes. That's not a hot take.
2: They're 7-1, I believe, in the Hoiberg era against the Cavs. Yeah. I think if I have it correct. off the Would top Would it be my the Bulls head. if they didn't do something like that? For, well, do okay, you think... Well, the NBA new rules stipulate that you can't rest stars on the road unless they have a legitimate injury or you're subject to a fine of like $100,000. I can see the Cavs resting LeBron... And the boys at home and not taking the Bulls seriously when they're at the queue in Cleveland. They come to Chicago. LeBron has to play. Look, LeBron is never hurt, first of all. The Cavs are going to have to make up injuries this year to get him his rest. So, like, they will claim that LeBron sprained his ankle in practice on a Tuesday if they don't want him to play on a Friday. You know what I mean? Like, and it can be a BS excuse. But...
1: The when young guys are going to be motivated to beat Wade after kind of the way that last season went.
2: Oh, you think there's going to be that's, a little uh, behind-the-scenes? That's what I'm going with. Once Harry? you know,
1: once Levine comes back, you know the the last you know the, the first one is going to be before he's back. But after that, he could be back for the other three.
2: This is this is I think the boldest prediction anyone's made. I think it might be jading back through our storied history of this being our second I'm, I'm year with of bold predictions. Okay, that uh, that was certainly bold. Uh, I have another one. Uh, let's, go, let's go on the note of defense well, okay. while we're at it. Okay. This is a little specific, but it also provided a uh, a range of what I thought was kind of possible, and then I went through some numbers and uh, looking at some, some cutoff points. I think the Bulls are going to give up 112.5 points
1: per game on average this year. So you're cutting down the 122-point plan. Yeah, the
2: 122-point plan is something you aim for, but I don't think you... You, uh, It's one of those, what, shoot for the moon, you'll land amongst the stars type things. This is what I'm going for here. 112 points a game should
1: still be enough to get you the worst record of the
2: yeah, league. Uh, 112.5 points per game. Specific here. Why because, the half? Because that would be the second most points allowed per game for the course of an entire season in NBA history since 1992-3. So, in other words, the Bulls could have the second worst defense by points per game allowed since 1993 which is different i we know very well defensive efficiencies different um from points per game allowed and i just think the bulls are going to play a really fast pace they have no rim protection but there's going to be a ton of possessions in these bulls game they're going to fire three pointers which will lend itself to long rebounds and leakouts and fast breaks for other teams uh i think it's very likely robin lopez gets traded by season's end so you could be looking at 30 40 games without him and then literally have zero rim protection basically by way of anyone who can like deter someone at the rim might've used literally wrong there. So fire at me on that one, but, um, are certainly be awful. Only the suns last year, the suns last year allowed 113.3 points per game. And that was probably because they always tried to get Devin Booker like 70 points a game or like 50 when he's sitting on 32 with a minute left. So, um, the suns, they were, they did some, some weird kooky things last year, but, um, bulls, will be the worst defensive team in the league and uh, be one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, basically, in the last 25 years.
1: There's certainly been nothing in these first two preseason games to make me think they're going to be any good defensively, so I don't really have any qualms with that. Going back to something you said earlier, my, one of my bold predictions, Kay. you said it's likely they trade Robin Lopez. One of my bold predictions is that they are not going to trade Robin Lopez oh. at the deadline, but they will next offseason.
2: Okay. Um. Why do you say that? Because obviously the team that trades for him would be... Value two playoff runs with him more than one
1: playoff run, but are you just thinking this is
2: how the economics? That's and what trade. That's it what it is. For me. I
1: think it's going to be easier to trade him next summer when he's an expiring contract and they can take back some long-term mm. salary with a pick when he has a year and change left on his deal. Then you have you're basically limiting yourself to teams that can use him right now for a playoff run. And yeah. so I just think the okay. offer. I think the offers that they get for him are not going to be good enough for them to decide it's worth it to get rid of him and not have, you know, the veteran leadership that he has and just that stability. And if you
2: look to next offseason, you're betting a little bit, I don't know if panic's the right word, but the, the fierce desire of some teams to maybe clear cap space Uh huh. Um, in some... Well, I guess that wouldn't be for that summer, but you can kind of run the same thing back, too, for summer 2019 if there's more good free agents. Like, I guess my point is teams have far less money in these next two summers than they have... Um, in 2017 or 2016 obviously and even fewer teams this time around in 2017 and 16 um, and then when you look ahead to to 18 and 19 um, you're saying he could be a expiring deal and teams just want to free up some cap space okay. so what's
1: your number you're on number three for you now
0: yeah
2: good news I, I
1: kind of threw the threw the negative
2: stuff out there first all right um, you know all right um equal opportunity here so 50 50 giving the, giving good, the fans some hope. good and bad uh Jaron Grant, um, and again, this is coming from the resident, Cody Westerlin, of uh, Jaron Grant Island, will establish himself as the team's best point guard in a clear manner by season's end, and we will say Jaron Grant had a breakout
1: year. That would be such an indictment of Chris Dunn if that were to happen. Or, or, maybe it's just... Maybe it's just high praise for what Jaron Grant is. So what do you think that means, though? Do you think it means that Jaron is so good that, like, even even when Chris Dunn well, has a solid year, does it, or is it just Chris Dunn is so bad that, like, he gets it by default? Like, well, like, yeah, we well, I added
2: that? at the end breakout year is what we consider for Jaron Grant. So but that, are we calling it that, a breakout that, year by, like, NBA no.
1: standard, or are we, like, grading on a curve here? No, we're not grading on a curve.
2: Like, we're going to look and say, wow, that was a really good year. I'm not saying... By no means am I saying like a Jimmy Butler most improved type (laughs) breakout year. No, 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 no. I don't think Jaron Gray is going
1: to have a Jimmy Butler season. um,
2: But I'm saying, I think he could average the second most points on the team, for example. Behind Behind Levine. Behind Levine when he comes back. And, like, look, someone, they're going to shoot a lot of shots. And if Jaron's consistent, and we know that he's shown a few flashes of being decisive and can knock down open threes. Again, I don't know how many of those he'll get. But if he can just attack the rim, be a little more decisive, a lot of points out there to be had when the Bulls are losing 112 and a half to like 99 every night. Um, I think he could average like 13 points, maybe. I mean, someone else on the Bulls has to score. Someone on the Bulls besides Levine has to get to like 13 points a game, right? Like, why can't it be Jaron Grant? He's better at shooting than Chris Dunn. He's better at ball That's, handling that than part Chris, not Chris Dunn's from what we see so <laughs> far. The only thing we've seen from Denzel is the ability to spot up. And shoot shots. Nico, who knows what happens with Nico. Nico would probably be, uh, if the Vegas oddsmakers had to say the second most points per game for a Chicago Bowl, I think Nico would probably have the inside track on that. Um, we'll get but, to Nico in a little bit. But, but no reason not to have uh, Jaron Grant in there, you know what I mean? So, sure. Um, I, I know I'm leaning into this. I know this is my island, and sometimes you got to double down. But that's what I'm going
1: to do. So what do you got next? The Bulls will lead the NBA in pace. Okay, which I think will be a sign that Fred Hoiberg fully got his system in there. He's running his system. Okay. He's playing the way he wants to play. They're going to be the fastest team in the league. You know Whether they have the highest offensive efficiency or not, I don't know, because the, a lot of these guys no, can't shoot. They're, they're not. not going to actually score that many points or mm-hmm. as many points as he would like, but they're going to play fast. They're going to push the ball. They're going to get a lot of shots. They're going to miss a lot of those shots, but they're going to get a lot of shots.
2: My, my rebuttal to that would be, who's pushing the pace? Because Rondo's not on the team.
1: Maybe Jaron Grant is going to have his breakout year as a.
2: As a oh, now see, now you just
1: support him. i just tr- stamp I'm, of approval. I'm just trying the to get. S- I'm just, seal. I'm just trying to let you to get you to let me get some real estate, just well, like a little hey, corner of real estate. Hey,
2: if Jaron Grant pushes case, the ball at the pace that Fred Hoiberg wants, there you go, breakout season written all over it. Definitely starting. I mean, hey, let's be honest. A lot of the point guard playing times going for. Fred Hoiberg's in mind is going to come down to who pushes the pace well and makes good decisions. So the person who does that best is probably going to get the job. And again, real early in Chris Dunn's Bulls career, but nothing we've seen in summer league or through two preseason games suggests he's great at dribbling or shooting. Um, I guess the shooting part doesn't matter so much with the pushing the pace, but to push the pace, you got to be really comfortable. You know what I mean? Like with the ball in your hands and, he didn't look really comfortable with the ball in his hands in the pick and roll in these first couple games. I don't feel like I've gotten a good enough look at him in transition to judge, but um, it's kind of in the same realm, you know what I mean? Like, you can't handle it in the half court um, deliberately. I don't know how well you're going to do in transition. So, again, that point guard competition, I know it's two preseason in games, but it feels like it's more open than we thought, you know? Like, yeah. I mean... Jerry Grant has
1: looked significantly better than Chris Dunn through the first. I, I don't.
2: Season I don't know that it's shame on. You can say shame on us in the media for assuming that Chris Dunn had the inside track to that. Um, but they traded away Jimmy Butler and he was a foundational piece of it. So I'm not going to regret writing any of it. No, okay, just so you know. But no, that's what we thought. Um, it's like you said. It could be an indictment on Dunn as well. Um, but that I want to let you know that that pace prediction is. Far less hot than the sweep the calves one. I mean, this is this is good. We should put this on posters, like fly it over, have the planes fly over with banners. Sean Hykin
1: said this above the United Center before a bulls cavs game. You're gonna add old takes exposed with a link to his podcast. Ooh, is that yeah. How do this?
2: yeah, you know, the old takes exposed thing.
1: I'm kind of out on that.
2: No, wait, I want to let you know. I love it, it's brilliant. I like it a ton. It cracks me up every day. I follow it. I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I Google it into Twitter and make sure I check it um, if I'm bored. I think they would appreciate the bold predictions. Like, ours comes with a huge warning label. Like, bold predictions, you know what I mean? Right. We are... What what Old Takes Exposed does is people who earnestly sit there and believe these things and react in the moment. Like, say what you want about us, but we've been... We've been marinating these bold predictions for two weeks probably, right? Yeah. Like, we teased it like two weeks ago on the podcast that, well, we'll do bold predictions pretty soon. And you know what we did? We sat down the next time and we go, yeah, we we don't, we haven't thought enough, we don't know enough. These predictions aren't bold enough. I think old take takes exposed, whoever's behind that account, would appreciate our takes on this. Um because what they do, I think they try to make fools and idiots out of people who earnestly go in on things. You know what I mean? Like, especially the people in the heat of moment, like a trade happens and they just declare a winner and
1: loser. You know? And then it's like... Why, why are you out, though? You're out. You got... How can you be out on it? I'm out on it just in the sense... I think that for the big stuff, it's great. But for, for the day-to-day stuff where they're just like... If there's some random game in, like, January and somebody's like, oh, I'll bet this guy's gonna go off for this many points in this random regular season game, and somebody does that, it's like, what's that, does what that accomplish? Like, who, who's like, wow, you really shame me about all in. this. Everyone, okay. Twitter, Twitter again, I think
2: actually, I mean, I've talked about this with a lot of people. Twitter should be a place where you get facts, and you make jokes.
1: You know what I mean? I'm for both of those things. That's what
2: I think. I do not think Twitter should ever be any outlet and tool in which you expand your beliefs on solving life's issues, because I believe the
1: 140-character limit... um... Wait, have you not gotten the 280 yet? No. Because I haven't haven't either.
2: Okay. No, 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 I do not have... 280's not enough either. Like, I, I think everything that's going on in the country is so nuanced and contextualized that we need... To focus on facts and jokes on Twitter. Right. And I want people held accountable for, for those predictions and things they make on Twitter as it pertains to the lighter side, which the account does. Um, the part about Twitter that frustrates me is people trying to solve everything that's wrong with this country in 140 characters because everyone loses people's points and context and everything, and that frustrates me to no end. But I love people being held accountable for stupid stuff they put on Twitter. Absolutely. They should be held accountable. If I tweet before a game that I got a feeling Jaron Grant's going off for 29 tonight and he doesn't, I think that needs to be brought up on Old Takes Exposed every single time he has an offer. Every single time. Not just that night. Every single time. Like, I mean, in fairness, I should probably just tweet it out that I'm on Jaron Grant Island, and then if he has a bad year, you're be healthy. I can be held accountable. Make that
1: your pinned tweet. Um, you I'm pin okay. Tweet
2: right I'm I'm accepting that I'll be held accountable for that. So but whose turn? love the Twitter? <laughs> account. Whose turn is it? I think it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, little little uh slightly offbeat, but uh, Bulls will have the fewest technical fouls in the league.
1: That's good. They're so agreeable. <laughs> they are. There's nobody on the team who's really like a hothead. <laughs> no. Fred Hoiberg <laughs> is super mild mannered. Like all yeah. these all these guys are like young guys trying to make their way in the league. They all kind of know that they can't be. I mean, will they even get to? Eight technicals total. Well, we're—I mean, because the other thing is, you have to keep in mind the Bulls are going to be playing a lot of games that are such blowouts, <laughs> and like it's not going to be worth their time to get mad about a foul. I—I'm
2: I, trying to think here. So,
1: Tom Thibodeau isn't the coach anymore, he's, so he's not going to well, get a technical during a blowout. Look at
2: Dwayne Wade and Jimmy were veterans, and they knew their stature in the game. So was Rondo. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy was a burgeoning superstar, borderline star there, and I think as he did that, I think. I mean, he'd be the first to tell you, I mean, one of the first or second or third games I covered on the Bulls beat, Jimmy got a technical for doing something, and he was like, after the game, we asked him about it, and he's like, man, I don't get texts. you know, I never get texts. that's not me, I'm from Tomball, that's not what I'm about, I'm just a hard worker, and this is very reflective and symbolic of Jimmy's just change in personality and his ascension to superstardom, and he was different, you know? And he got more technicals as he went along. And I think that's natural. But Dwayne Wade, like you said, look, Taj was good for probably eight technical fouls a year, right? Six, maybe? Something like that. And Taj isn't on the team anymore. I think yep. that's something um, to keep an eye on. And like you said, it's just really agreeable. So um, that's that's just something. Overall in the next one, too. I think Zach Levine is going to average 24.6 points per game um, when he comes back. And look at that. Look at that. It's specific again. It's another really specific um, prediction. But, hey, I'm into these. I just think, again, someone's got to score points for the Bulls, and he's going to be the fulcrum of the offense as soon as he comes back. And I also think that number, reason for hope, I think that's going to be number 10 in the NBA.
1: Yeah. Points per game. Yeah, so so we're kind of assuming the optimistic side of, like, what Zach Levine is going to look like when he comes back from the injury.
2: Yeah, well, I think he's going to be bad at defense. I've been reading up. More stuff on everything, just a few more things, and he's he's usually lost on defense.
1: Yeah, In his first three. three years in the NBA. But we kind of knew that going in that he but, wasn't going to be. But a good as it
2: pertains anymore. to what they expect out of him next year, yeah, Why like, why not be optimistic? He averaged what eighteen points a game, something before his injury, as the number three option on the Wolves. Now he's going to be a number one option on a team that plays at a faster pace, and he's. Going to what, third most athletic player in the NBA, according to the NBA GM
1: survey, I think. Yeah. Go to the rim. Even after the nuts. torn ACL, it's pretty impressive that they still so, voted in that. And at least yeah, it has, like,
2: uh, 39% on three pointers recently, um, past few seasons. So, yeah, why can't Zach Levine be a 24, nearly a 24 point, 25 point per game score? I'm all in on it. I'm all in. And I think, you know what? I think people in Chicago. By year's end, are really going to like Zach Levine, too. Oh, hell
1: yeah. I, I, I thought this since the day that they traded for him. No, he's... Personality-wise, like, he's like he's he's the kind of guy, like, at his press conference, he was like, oh, yeah, I've seen Space Jam. Like, I was a big fan of Space Jam. Like, I know that Michael Jordan exists.
2: Yeah, I, I think... I, I do think he gets it a little bit. So, um, that's mine. Finish it off uh, with your fifth and final. Mine movie.
1: is a more long-term thing here. Okay. I think that Fred Hoiberg not only is not going to get fired during the season... Because you know they're rebuilding, they aren't expecting to win games. I think he is not going to get fired next offseason and he's going to go into the next training camp in twenty eighteen as the Bulls head coach. That's what you said last year. I'm pretty sure I made the exact same prediction last year. It was right last year. He's got the job security with the con- with the long term contract. I'm gonna just ride it out.
2: Well what you're basically saying too is that that would be um, that would be kind of a, a stamp of approval for his player development in this year if he does that. Because if he does poorly with player development this year and the young guys, it all goes awry, and his system's not working and everything, you got to look long and hard in the mirror getting someone. You can't delay your rebuild by another year, you know, if your guys aren't
1: responding to your coach. So um, that's the case, you're thinking that Fred's player development is probably going to go well this year. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to go well enough that they're going to decide, okay, we're not going to need to make a change right now.
2: That's good. That's good. Um... You beat me last year in both predictions, I think like 3-2 or something like that. Yeah, there were a couple that were kind of gray area. Yeah, I I didn't do a great job. I I had several subjective ones, like will the Bulls medical staff mess up? I think I said something about um, Fred distancing himself from the front office, which I don't know if you get like a half point for that or something. I don't know if you get a half point for the Bulls. Bulls medical staff didn't mess up. They had a pretty good year, didn't they? No,
1: nah, like I mean, right, right now I think we're I think we're okay. Yeah,
2: they have they even like there's good, been yeah. there's been a they, got, they got Dwayne Wade ready for uh, the postseason in the two zero series lead in fine fashion. Even his, after he had the elbow, elbow thing, yeah, his elbow was broken. He came back earlier than we thought. You know what I mean? Like, uh, big year for the Bulls doctors. Nice job by the training staff. So, um, you got me on that one probably, but um, I need to, I need to fight back this year. You know what I mean? All I right, got to come back on both predictions and tie it up because I think you got me. Last year, but we did want to share some of the listener submissions. There were some good ones. There were some good ones. There were um, Henry via Twitter. Antonio Blakeney will start at one point. This That's season. a good one. Two-way contract D League guy Antonio Blakeney G- just as G League, just as a reminder for everyone.
1: Yeah, and I mean you you get forty five days in the in the NBA as part of the two-way contract in terms of like you know the the, the parameters of the contract. So. He's gonna get. There are gonna be some times. Maybe there's an injury to one of the other guards. Maybe like they need some bodies before Levine comes back in the backcourt. You're yeah, you gonna get some time. Doesn't this have all the feel like you
2: said of like, um, Dunn or Grant rolling an ankle? Sure. And the Bulls having had a road game the night before, playing the second of a back-to-back at home on like a Friday night, and they're off. Like they're in an eight-game losing streak, and their offense is just doing nothing. Like, the oh, last three something. and they're like. Get get Antonio down here from Hoffman Estate. Get him over here, and then Fred's just like, "Yeah, we just needed to just shake it up. Like it's, he's been really impressive in practice, so we're gonna start him. Like <laughs> that, just as nonchalant as that. Like we'll find out like ninety minutes before tip." It didn't well, say it you coming. know what it reminds me
1: of? It reminds me of uh, in January uh, <laughs> when when like half the team had like the flu. Oh. On, that, on that East Coast trip at Nathan yes. Square Garden, Hoyberg was like, Yeah, we're gonna start Zipser. And Zipser played like forty minutes of garbage time at that point. We were all just like, and Wait, what? Like, what? And half the New York reporters, like half the next like, reporters were like, Wait, is that a real person? Like, what <laughs> the hell is a Paul Zipser? Like, I've never heard of that. And then he starts the next like five games in a row. Like, so you think it might be like that? that yeah. I can I could see it. I I, I I like that prediction. That I really do,
2: I do. That was that was excellent for That's, me. that. That's uh, that was solid. Scruffy said Lowry Markinen will come in second in rookie of the year voting. I wanna know it? who he thinks comes in first
1: unspecified. Lonzo Ball, of course. See, my pick is actually Dennis Smith. God help Dallas. the
2: Bulls as if, it relates to public perception if Dennis Smith wins rookie I got two.
1: I got two guys that I got ahead of Lonzo. I got Dennis Smith, and I got De'Aaron Fox.
2: Nah, I'm not. The King, I like De'Aaron Fox. The Kings yeah. are not organized enough, don't have their stuff put together enough um, to actually make that happen in that case. Edwin, via Twitter, says Bulls will go winless for an entire month. That's not a bad prediction. You think that could... That would, that would mean like I a 15-game losing streak.
1: I could see it. Or Well, um, unless it's April and they only play like five games that month.
2: Yeah, I and mean, they play five... I mean, they could start 0-5. If they don't beat the Hawks at home in their fourth game of the season, they're probably going to start 0-5 for October, but they did win a exhibition game, and it's an abbreviated first month, obviously. Right. Um... February is another month. You know
1: they only, the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, they
2: only have ten games in February and Timberwolves at home, Wizards at home, Magic at home, Raptors at home, 76ers at home. A couple of those are winnable. The other five on the road, I could see them losing certainly. Um, so I, w- I would say it's in play. It's in play. Are you let's go through the April schedule for fun. Wizards, Hornets, Celtics,
1: Nets at home, at Nets, Pistons at home. So except for Brooklyn, I think those are all teams that are going to be like fighting for playoff. Yeah, game, so. I think
2: they'll split with Brooklyn there. That's the only catch. I really? I, I think that. Um, but yeah, interesting. Certainly,
1: Thomas Roberts. This is this is out there. Nico will make the All Star team. I think Nico will not make the All Star team. I think that's that's a lo- that's that might be hotter than my beat the Cavs four times. The only
2: the only thing Thomas has going for him there is that. The East lost Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Jimmy Butler, Paul Jimmy Millsap,
1: Butler, and Paul Millsap. Four all-star caliber, all-star Front players. court guys, and they only got one in Gordon
0: Hayward.
2: Yes. So, there are spots open. The East is going to be bad. We heard Nick Batum's out at least six weeks, maybe yeah. up to 12, with an elbow injury. That's another guy that, not a perennial all-star by any means, but a logical God, he person. He was mix in To this slide East. in after all these trades, like... If Nico shoots lights out and somehow averages 20 points per game while Levine's out, like, I don't know.
1: Crazier things have happened. But I don't think a team that bad is going to have an all-star.
2: Yeah, like, I can see the window through the crack. Yeah. Through which maybe that could happen, but no, he's he's gotta just prove that he can consistently like score
1: fourteen points a game. I'm out. Night. I think that I think that take is hotter than my Cavs go uh, beat the Cavs four times take.
2: I like this one from Anthony via email and you can email us at lockdown at gmail.com. Bobby Portis will lead the team in three point percentage. That's your boy, assess it. That's Thank a good one. Come. That's a good one. He's gonna be getting him up, certainly. I think Zach Levine like look, he's proved he can shoot at a thirty nine, maybe forty percent three point clip. The problem is
1: he's going to have the ball in his hand a lot later. He's in also the shot gonna clock. have to take some time to he get back to where he was. He doesn't have injury.
2: Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns um, drawing attention. I think he's going to be the guy whose shooting percentage is several points lower every single season here in the next couple of years, just because he's the go to guy and someone has to shoot the bad shots at the end of the shot clock. So I could Definitely see him not leading the team in three point percentage despite probably being the bet I mean,
1: who's the Bull's best pure shooter? It's probably Lowry Markkinen. It's probably Lowry Markkinen, but we don't know if Markkinen's gonna play enough as a rookie to qualify. Right. Um Yeah, I think I, I could see the but the other the other possibility here is Denzel. Oh, he's the... gonna be getting shots up.
2: Yeah. But Denzel like has no filter on his shots. Like he shoots <laughs> bad ones. So like Denzel can go out and shoot like Ten great three pointers, good decisions, and make five of them, and then shoot four really dumb ones, just like fadeaways with twenty-three or on the shot clock on, I guess twenty-two on the twenty-one on the shot clock, um, as he's coming out of something. Like, yeah, I think I could see that. I could see that. Bobby was better than people realized last year. He was up there. I'd have to check the stats again um, from last year, but he was higher than you actually thought. Echo Foxtrot on Twitter says Cristiano Felicio wins the most improved
1: award. Mm, that's a that's a reach. Usually the team usually the person who wins most improved isn't on a team as bad as the Bulls.
2: Yeah and they're like borderline not all-star maybe but at least within a stone's throw of the all-star game. Like Jimmy when he won most improved went to the all-star game yeah. that year. That was his first year. Yeah. I mean a lot of times
1: they're In the All Star mix, and I don't know who were the last couple been Giannis, CJ McCollum. Those are all guys who are significantly better players than. I mean, usually, what the most improved thing, and I, I hate this award, but like hater, what it usually is is somebody who was already that good but just got more minutes. Okay, is usually what it is. I don't think Felicio, as much as I like him and as much as he's my guy, like I just I don't see him getting either the minutes or the production to actually be in the mix to win that award.
2: Matt, via email, says the Bulls' longest losing streak of the season will be 12. That sounds reasonable. I could see that. That could be in my 2-18 uh, stretch prediction in uh, the first month of the season in November. So though.
1: what What if they win their opening night game, and then it's like, oh, are the Bulls actually better than people think they were for, like, one day? And then it's like, nope. Like when the White nice Sox to... had a better
2: record than the Cubs at the end of <laughs> April? And everyone's like, whoa, what's going on? Or we when, last, or when last year's Bulls started out 3-0,
1: and and it's like, oh, the three alphas are contenders now. Well, we might have... We got a little... We didn't get ahead of ourselves there. We were just... We just got a little carried away with, like, the Bulls being the unexpectedness.
2: No, I mean, you, we if Bulls play really good basketball for three straight games, the podcasts and stories are going to reflect a positive tone. Like, that's the only thing they did at that point if they go 3-0 and this year, too. Like, we'll mm-hmm. talk about the good basketball we played, or they played in those three games that we talked about, um... And I think we all kept the big picture in mind. I don't think like we wavered on our Bulls will be around 500 prediction at any point mm-hmm. last year. Um, we said, sure, if they play that good of basketball all year, they could get closer to 50 wins. But um, we didn't expect that in the long haul. I like this one, too, from Daniel Foy. Nico, Nico and Denzel combined to shoot more three-pointers than the Splash Brothers. Not make more, but shoot
1: more. I mean, are we just factoring in the fact that the Warriors are probably not going to play any of those guys in the fourth quarter for a lot of games because they're going to beat teams by 30? I, that's a possibility. I think Daniel
2: Foy factored everything in. That's, I think I think he spent at least an hour and a half researching the likelihood of this. Before sending us this email? Yeah. That's what I expect. Um, you couldn't, I I could see a very outside chance of that happening if... Nico and Denzel play well and land in the starting lineup nightly for close to eighty-two games. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like I just said, Denzel doesn't have a filter. Actually, I'm. I just looked it up just to confirm. Steph shoots 10 threes a game. Clay's close. That's that's a bold prediction. even even last year with KD, he shot ten a game. That's a bold prediction. That that's bolder than I thought. I I thought Steph might have been around eight eight and a half a game, which. I could see Denzel or Nico shooting per night if they land in the starting lineup, um, but no, no, that, that's not going to happen. I like the thought process behind it. I do. Um, what else we got here? Ed says the Bulls will go thirty and fifty-two.
1: That's that's high. That's that's why it's a bull prediction. Yeah, I think that's too high. I think I'm I'm still like one hovering around 23, 24, 25 is my win total prediction. Very we'll much. do an actual win total prediction like opening night. Yeah, we will. Um, wrap it up
2: with uh listener submissions. Drake says Nico will lead the Bulls in scoring.
1: Is he gonna play enough?
2: Yeah, he'll play enough,
1: he'll qualify. Problem is Zach Levine will play I'm now. just worried. worried I'm just worried Bobby's gonna take the starting spot from him and he's not gonna get enough minutes. Oof. In the rotation or maybe a breakout. That's
2: your worry why Nico can't lead the Bulls in scoring? That's your worry why he can't get up to 20 points is the fact that Bobby's going to replace him. Mine is that he's done nothing when he does play at any point in his NBA career to showcase 20 points per game scoring ability. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of... I'm, I'm I'm an eco-skeptic at this point.
2: I think everyone except on for Bull's Twitter is an eco-skeptic
1: besides two of you that... Tom, Thomas and Drake. Thomas and Drake are Nico believers. I really right? hope it was Drake the... Hey, everyone's got their thing. I really hope it was Drake the rapper who's like secretly a Nico fan and, and sent us that thing. No, he's a Justin Holiday fan. Don't you remember that? Oh, in
2: Toronto, right, yeah. Drake whispering into his ear. Not even whispering, like yelling, oh, screaming, oh, clapping, standing right super, next to him. That's right. Front row seats in Toronto. Yeah. Justin Holiday trying to inbound it with the game on the line. I think the Bulls won that game. Didn't they? I believe. Yeah, they I always so. beat the Raptors until um, really recently, the end of last year so. I think, uh, I think I think, Justin Holliday is the Drake ambassador for the Bulls, if they, eh? if they yeah. need one, certainly. So uh, there you have it. Bold predictions for your 2017-18 Chicago Bulls. Uh, we will keep these. You want to send them to Old Takes Exposed, that's fine. Um, I don't even care. I just preached context for, for Twitter for a minute-long rant. But I don't even care if you don't send contacts and tell them it's slightly over-the-top bold predictions. Um, go for it. Send it to old takes exposed. Um, maybe we'll uh, screenshot these or put them on Twitter so they're there forever. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, what's next for the Bulls? They put the Bucks on Friday night? Bucks Friday, Pelican Sunday. Yeah, both of them at home. We'll be there. Um, we'll have episodes post game. Hopefully Lowry in plays Sunday. Doesn't sound like he's going to play Friday right now. Because no, because Hoyberg says
1: they want to get him a couple practices. But maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get a Lowry Markkinen. Send him out something.
2: there. I just want to watch him. I don't, I don't care about practice. Yeah.
1: I know they do. I mean, practice is really important for the Bulls. So right we're now. talking about practice, <laughs> but
2: but I just want to see Lowry Markkinen play. So hopefully, maybe we'll uh, we'll see that. But until then, as always, uh, follow Sean on Twitter at Hike and myself at Cody Westrell, and follow Lockdown Bulls. On Twitter and Facebook, by its name, email us at LockedOnBowls at
1: gmail.com. With basketball questions, advertising, inquiries, most of all, please subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Boom, TuneIn, Google Play. Anywhere else you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends to subscribe. Check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow night after the Bowls home preseason opener. We're going to have some hot... Analysis of the scintillating preseason action, it's going to be great. Uh, thanks for listening. Check in with us then.
0: Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Need the Super Light collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter than air feel and barely their fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure.